everybody, you're listening to Life Skills Radio. I'm your host, Jennifer Russell, and joining me today is fellow Region 13 education specialist, Darcy Schiller. I'm really excited to have Darcy here because she has a wealth of knowledge on the topic that we're going to be discussing today, which is teacher burnout and the importance of self-care for special education teachers. Welcome, Darcy. Hi, Jennifer. Darcy, I am so glad you're here. You know, every profession comes with a certain amount of stress, but working in a special education classroom brings a unique set of challenges, which we'll get into a little later. Earlier, you shared some interesting and pretty staggering statistics with me about special education teachers leaving the profession due to burnout. Let's talk about those first. Yes, Jennifer, the statistics are pretty grim. 13% of special ed teachers leave the profession every year. 50% leave within the first five years of starting. And then of those that last past five years, another 50% of those will leave within the next five years. And teacher attrition rates have risen significantly over the last two decades. The burnout rate for teachers is higher than any other profession requiring a bachelor's degree. Whoa, that's incredible. You know, you and I talk all the time about how we think being a special education teacher is the greatest profession on earth, but that it's also the most difficult. Why is that? What differentiates the stress that special ed teachers experience from the stress that other professionals experience? Okay, well... First, let's start with that quote that you and I always share with teachers, which is, teaching is easy. It's like riding a bike. Only the bike's on fire. And you're on fire. Everything's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) We laugh, but it's so true. There's no other quote that describes the job that I had. It's the most rewarding profession, but also the most challenging I mean, think about what the teacher brain has to keep track of. You ready? Ready. Lesson plans, sub plans, IEPs, BIPs, parent conferences, parent volunteers, grading papers, submitting grades, progress reports, collecting data, special schedules, students' medications, students' allergies, the cleanup song, the days of the week song, ESY, books to read, field trip forms, fire drill, And so on and so on and so on. Oh, my gosh. I think I just had a tiny panic attack. And, you know, I know that list isn't even complete. I know from Mm -hmm. my experience that in many cases, special education teachers are teaching without enough materials. They're making their own teaching materials, spending their own money, Mm -hmm. and spending countless hours outside of work doing IEP paperwork and other paperwork. And life skills teachers, as you and I know, also teach all subjects, plus daily living skills like toileting and Mm -hmm. feeding. They teach students with very complex needs, um, sometimes really significant medical needs and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And unlike other teachers, they are typically responsible for managing other adults in the classroom as well. That's, I mean, that's a lot. We do it because we love our kids and we love our job, but it is a lot. It is. And what adds to the stress is the fact that typically teachers have a hard time justifying taking time to practice Mm self-care. All people in the helping profession struggle with this. Because we're in the helping profession, we feel guilty if we aren't helping. Also, we often work with people who are underprivileged or have significant needs, and we feel like we don't deserve to take time to take care of ourselves which can just lead to burnout. 
There's this teacher named Angela Watson who coaches other teachers on getting to a 40-hour work week from, say, 60-hour work week. And she talks about these contributing factors to burnout. She says that as teachers, like others in the helping professions, we have trouble saying no to those we care about. Mm -hmm. We also tend to think that being crazy busy is the norm. (laughs) And we tend to underestimate how dire the situation is. We think that the time to take care of ourselves is in the future, not now. Mm -hmm. We'll work in a bit of exercise once we're done with the 10 ARDS we have to do. Or we'll make time for that doctor's appointment we've been putting off after progress reports. We'll see those friends that support us and fill us with joy once we get our lesson plans done. Mm -hmm. And then over time, pushing back those things that keep us nourished and well can lead to burnout. So let's talk a little more about burnout. What is it? Okay, well, the term burnout was coined in the 70s by an American psychologist named Herbert Freudenberger. Mm. And he used it to describe the consequences of severe stress and high ideals in the helping professions. Burnout hasn't made it into the DSM yet, but it is identified in the ICD, which is the International Classification of Diseases. So burnout is legit. It's a thing. Oh, it's absolutely a thing. You know, I once tried to make a list of all the books written on teacher burnout, Mm -hmm. and I never finished (laughs) because there are so many. It's a thing. That is so true. I never even thought about it like that. When we're talking about someone who may be burned out, what do we see? It's not just about being tired, right? Right, Jennifer. You know, when we're talking about people who are burned out, We actually see three main signs or symptoms, and just being tired or exhausted is just one of those three. With exhaustion, people with burnout are not just tired, they are physically and emotionally drained, and they might even have physical symptoms due to it, like pain and even bowel trouble. Mm. And then, you know, so most people think that that's all burnout is, is just exhaustion, But the other two main signs or symptoms are, first, we find that people with burnout tend to become alienated from activities, especially work-related activities. And then they might start being cynical about their working conditions and their colleagues. And at the same time, they may increasingly distance themselves emotionally and start feeling numb about their work. And then the third area, we see reduced performance in them across all areas, whether it's at work, at home, in the gym, or caring for their loved ones. People with burnout typically start to feel negative about all the tasks that they have to complete. They may find it hard to concentrate and become listless or lack creativity. Wow, that's a lot to deal with. I know I've experienced all of those symptoms at various points in my teaching career. I'm not sure I've experienced all of them simultaneously, but I've definitely dealt with exhaustion to the point of feeling like my brain has stopped working, you know, um, and also physical symptoms that I'm, I'm convinced were a manifestation of prolonged stress that I just I wasn't mm-hmm. managing. Mm-hmm. Um, I even got shingles when I was working in New York City, oh, no. which was just no fun at all. Oh, that's horrible. You know, 
what I see with some of the teachers that I support who may be struggling with burnout is that they lose their growth mindset Mm. where they once took feedback as opportunities to develop new skills and they pick up a more fixed mindset where now they take feedback as criticism and and it causes them to just stop trying to do anything new or grow in any area. That's true. I know that we, yeah, when we have supported teachers who may be facing burnout, those are some of the things that we see. And it's not that they're not capable teachers or, um, you know, or unwilling. Mm-hmm. It's it's just they may actually be experiencing mm-hmm. this diagnosis, if you will, of burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently looked at the book that you showed me by Brock and Grady called Rekindling the Flame, Combating Teacher Burnout. <laughs> and in the book, they talked about how burnout affects individuals on so many different levels. We talked earlier about the signs of burnout, but Brock and Grady go deeper by saying that people are affected physically, intellectually, socially, emotionally, and spiritually when they're experiencing burnout. Can you elaborate on those a little bit? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the order that you listed those spell out Pisces. It's P-I-S-E-S. So Pisces without a C. So I'll go in that order. That's a good way to remember it. (laughs) So when someone's affected physically by burnout, uh, they may develop poor sleep patterns. They're tense muscles, you know, muscle tension, Mm -hmm. headaches, gastrointestinal problems high blood pressure. And you know, these can sometimes lead to people being more likely to have minor accidents, like just tripping or falling and bumping into things. I, when they're impacted intellectually, they may have a harder time making decisions and and even taking responsibility. Socially, a teacher experiencing burnout may withdraw from relationships and become more cynical, like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. and negative in their communication. Okay, E, emotionally, a teacher may start to put blame on other people and other things by becoming more detached. Uh, They might also experience a loss of self-esteem. And then finally, S, a teacher may be impacted spiritually by burnout. And to me, this is the hardest, the worst even. They might experience a disconnect from personal beliefs and find no peace, which will lead them to question everything they once knew and lived for, which leads to them leaving the profession, the profession that they once felt a calling towards, that they may have joined because they wanted to make a difference in the world but they're burnt out, and so they leave the profession. So the impact of burnout on a person would appear to be global. Now, how do you know if you're burned out or just having a challenging couple of weeks? Good question. You know, there's a tool out there, a great tool, called the Maslock Burnout Inventory for Educators. It's a survey that teachers can take. Teachers rate themselves in the areas of emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and personal accomplishment, which are the three main symptoms that I mentioned earlier. That's a great resource. I've never even heard of that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So 
say a special education teacher takes the MBI educator survey and the results show that he or she is burned out. Now what? Well, if you are burnt out, first you have to treat the burnout and then you have to put a plan in place to prevent future burnout. And one of the ways we do this is by practicing self-care. So in preparation for recording this podcast, I went ahead and just looked up in the dictionary what what the dictionary definition of self-care is. Awesome. And um, it's stated as being the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. Exactly. And in the helping professions like teaching, the action of taking care of yourself by extension enables you to take care of others. Just like on the airplane, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first and then assist others. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't help other people if you're not breathing. That is true. Right. So in a 2017 article published in Exceptional Children by Wong and colleagues, they found that teacher stress and the emotional disengagement that comes from depersonalization had direct effects on IEP outcomes. Oh my gosh, that puts it in perspective. Right? Stressed teachers are less effective, and we now have research to prove Mm -hmm. that. So just as burnout is legit or a thing, self-care is a thing too. How's this for an interesting fact? Between 2014 and 2018, the number of self-care apps added to app stores annually doubled from 1,700 in 2014 to over 3,400 in 2018. So this isn't the number, the total number 3,400 apps out there. That's just how many were added in 2018. Oh my gosh. Well, I know you and I both have the Calm apps on our phones. Yes. You know, I have a whole folder of apps on (laughs) self-care and a folder of apps on meditation. And I use all of them to keep my stress level down. You know, the need for self-care is real. And it can have a significant positive impact on our whole quality of life, our teaching practice, and outcomes for our students. So then how do we treat burnout? through self-care, and then make a plan to prevent future burnout? Well, we need to start by realizing that self-care needs to become part of the teacher brain. Remember that list of Mm -hmm. things that are in the teacher's brain that I listed earlier? Self-care needs to become part of every teacher's daily life, daily rituals, daily habits to better prevent burnout. Burnout will happen all on its own with all that's expected of a special educator. It'll happen without us paying any attention to it. We have to be proactive in combating burnout. We have to be intentional about caring for ourselves so that we can give to those placed in our care. So we can be proactive by creating a self-care plan that captures specific ways that we can nourish our mind, body, and spirit every day. In our plan, we also wanna list the supportive people in our life and list a few self-care goals. You know, there's a self-care plan template that I like that, that our listeners can find online. It was developed by Ignacio Pacheco with socialworktech.com. 
but it's a very simple self-care plan that includes these five components. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that resource. So if, if we have our mind, body, spirit template, mm-hmm. um, let's, let's focus on the mind. Give me some examples of ways to nourish my mind. Invest energy in hobbies, hobbies that use your brain in different ways is one powerful way, one powerful example. I know you sing in a band. I do. <laughs> I certainly don't do it for money or for fame, <laughs> but it gets me out of my work brain for a little bit of time each week, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love to read historical fiction. I, I generally can only do it for about 10 minutes a night because I can't keep my eyes open much beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I paint. I don't paint well, but again, that activity uses a different part of my brain. Mm -hmm. I remember that when I was in the classroom during the school day, on my lunch break, I'd sometimes turn off the lights and listen to music for about 10 minutes just to give my brain something different to focus on. What about you? What do you do to nourish your mind? Oh, that's perfect what you do. You know, I wish your band played Hawaiian music (laughs) (laughs) because one thing that I do is dance hula. And, you know, it is it's the music and and the dance that just take my mind out away from work. You know, I'm not thinking about work when I'm listening to a song that's talking about rainbows and the ocean. And, you know, laughter has an incredible impact on the brain. It boosts the immune system, lowers stress hormones, triggers a release of endorphins. And it relaxes the whole body for up to 45 minutes after. Laughter stops distressing emotions. You can't feel mad when you're laughing. (laughs) So watch that hilarious three-minute YouTube video on your lunch break. It's good for you. That is very true. And and we do. We do that occasionally here. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's the body part of the plan. Um. In the last year, I've really made exercise a priority. I'm getting up early. Ah, It's so hard sometimes. (laughs) But I'm getting up early a few times a week to do a group fitness class. And I have to say, it's done wonders for um, my mental health and my energy at work. And obviously, I feel much better physically. So talk to me about about talk to me about what you do. So it's really important to be able to clear your mind, to learn how to clear your mind. So hula clears my mind. It's something that I do that works for my body. It works for my mind. It works for my body. Just taking a quick walk in nature or around the block if you're at school can be the reset that your body needs to reduce stress. I used to do that. And, you know, there were times when I was teaching when I'd skimp on taking my lunch break or have a vending machine lunch, and I definitely felt the effects. I bet. As teachers, we have such a short lunch break anyway. So true. So take it. So many teachers don't take their lunch. Take your lunch break. Or try to pack at least one nourishing piece of food in your lunchbox. And if you're someone who forgets to drink water, set a timer for that. It is so important. When I'm in the office and not out on a campus, I set a timer to remind me to stand up and stretch. That's right. And that's really, that's a great idea. Finally, let's talk about some ways to nourish the spirit. 
Some people meditate, have a mantra that they say. Some people practice a certain faith. During the school day, I would stop myself, close my eyes, and take three deep breaths. Mm -hmm. I figured even if I didn't have time to watch an inspiring TED Talk, I could (laughs) stop and be mindful for one minute. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm not at work, sometimes I do a, a walking meditation, which is essentially just taking a walk and being aware and mindful of how my senses are engaged, paying attention to what I see, what I hear, what I feel along the way. And it's super calming. What do you do, Darcy? Well, you talked about being mindful just for one minute. You know, one of the apps that I told you I have on my phone is called Bloom. Mm -hmm. And every day at three o'clock, I get a notification on my phone that tells me it's time for your tropical vacation. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I say, okay, so I stop what I'm doing and I press play. And it takes me through this slideshow of tropical pictures of the ocean, of sunsets, and it's playing this calming, gentle island music. That's amazing. And it's one minute, but it takes me away just for one minute. Um, You know what else I do that really has worked for me is I stop and I start writing out a gratitude list. Because a lot of our stress comes from what we're focused on or comes from our perspective. And so for me, writing out a gratitude list shifts my perspective. Because whatever you focus on expands. If I'm focused on the negative, it will grow and and consume all of my thoughts. That's a really good point. But if I'm focused on on what I'm grateful for, that will grow and consume more of my mind. For sure. Um, you know, I also think it's really important to surround myself with positive and fun and encouraging people. That's that's become kind of the order of the day as I've gotten older. And just back to my, my days in the classroom, I found that paying attention to the ambiance in my classroom mm-hmm. really had a positive impact on my students, but also on my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on if it's safe for your students, you might be able to work in a little aromatherapy, mm-hmm. you know? And if your classroom looks cluttered and chaotic, I realized that, that I felt the effects and my students also felt the effects. So decluttering and getting organized, I think, is a valid use of time for teachers. Uh, Additionally, you know, get those trainings on best practices, because if you know those processes and routines that are going to help you become more efficient and effective, the easier your job is going to be and the less stressed you're going to be. Absolutely. Darcy, I like how a lot of these things that we're talking about don't take a lot of time because lack of time is such a huge issue for teachers. Absolutely. But there has to be time. There is always time. It's just about paying attention to what your body is telling you and using time efficiently. Like you said, streamline your processes. If you feel like you're bombarded with demands from the moment you wake up, wake up 15 minutes earlier to meditate, read, or sit quietly. That can change your whole day. If you feel like demands are being placed on you from sun up until sundown, like many of us feel, Mm -hmm. schedule in a five-minute midday break. Schedule it in. 
If you're struggling to remember to work in a moment of self-care, try pairing a self-care habit with something that you're already doing. For example, when, when you take attendance, inhale lavender or drink lemon-infused water. Have it, you take attendance every day at the same time, and so it's a habit you already have. Mm-hmm. If you pair a self-care habit with something you already do every day, then you'll be more successful. Just like, just like at home, I was having a hard time taking my medicine regularly. And so I put my medicine right next to my toothbrush and toothpaste because I brush my teeth every day. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so now I take my medicine when I brush my teeth and it, it happens naturally. And now it's my new habit to do both. And so treat self-care the same way. We have to create time for self-care. It's, it's imperative. And remember, when it comes to self-care, just like teaching in general, embrace the learning curve. This year, you're going to learn to do a few things well. Then next year, you'll learn to do a few more things well. You can't do everything well all at once. Mm-hmm. And let go of things that you cannot control, which is most things. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Take it one day at a time and know that you're enough. We are enough. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. And I also think that it's important to say that if if you find yourself continuing to struggle with self-care, with stress management or mental health issues, don't be afraid to get professional help, right? I mean, sometimes that needs to be a part of your self-care plan too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Darcy, I can't thank you enough for being here today. I feel so fortunate that I get to work alongside you. And I know that my self-care has improved as a result of knowing you. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your wisdom. Well, I'm the blessed one at work for being able to work with you. But thanks for having me here today. Well, folks, that concludes today's Life Skills Radio podcast on combating teacher burnout by developing a mind, body, spirit, self-care treatment and prevention plan. We hope you got some practical ideas that you can start applying immediately because, you know, you're worth it. (laughs) Be well, everybody, and thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Make sure to give us a rating and give us a review. We want to reach as many people as possible.